Sub Business Podcast. I'm Lauren. And I am Michelle. I'm waiting you for you to read that line. Yes, no, I'm just getting my headphones. Um, oh, I'm, right. I'm not wearing them. And oh, yeah. uh, I to have those in so the quality is a little bit better. Uh, so welcome to the podcast where we mix business and a little bit of woo-woo. And this week is but yeah, my business, which is Michelle R. Price, a light worker, as I figure out how to one-time my headphones while I'm speaking at the same time. Uh, Michelle R. Price, a light worker. So I am on Facebook. I'm on all these socials. I am a medium. So I connect past over loved ones, if that is what you would like to do. I also do Oracle card readings. Um, I do some Facebook Lives from time to time as well. So you can catch me on there. You can also catch us on some joint Facebook Lives because I do mentorships. I'm actually helping people develop and discover their gifts. And uh, some of those people wind up doing Facebook Lives as well and also static card rules. So uh, that can be a really exciting thing to embark on and quite terrifying as well. I've got quite a few newbies uh, coming through at the moment and um, it's a Mm. lot of fun to watch them sort of develop their skills and figure out that they can uh, do some amazing things that they didn't think were possible. So Michelle Price, a light worker on Facebook and, uh, and other social media sites. All of our links are always in the show notes as well if you need to get in touch with either Lauren or myself. Okay, so the theme for today, Lauren, and this is one that I sort of came up with just based on a few readings and people that I've been meeting. And basically, I thought it'd be cool to speak to someone who is kind of mixing mainstream and more alternate modalities uh, today. So I've got some cards over here, Oracle cards for kids um, that are developed by doctors. And I thought, well, isn't that an interesting situation? It's something that I don't think we would have seen when we were growing up. You know, no one really spoke about spirituality. Yeah. I don't believe there were crystal shops. I don't remember crystal shops. I don't think mum ever took me to one. Um, you know, you mm. think about that. When did crystal shops come about, you know? Uh, so it's very yeah, interesting. True. And I've been meeting some doctors. Yeah, some interesting doctors who are doing different things at the moment. I had one here yesterday who's a psychologist and she's doing some interesting woo-woo stuff as well. And she's had quite a few readings with me. She's doing past lives and that sort of thing too. So, you know, I've met people who are studying naturopathy, but they're actually midwives, um, sorry, nurses, uh, midwives who are also doulas. So, you know, this, I just think this is a changing sort of tide. I think this is quite different um, to what we would have seen when we were growing up, as I said. So today, Laura and I are going to be speaking to a lady who is actually in the transition phase. She is working in uh, sort of the clinical world at the moment, um, but is planning to move out of that. So she's a novelist as well. So Lauren, uh, what's been going on? What have you been doing this past week that's of interest to our, our listener at home? Take it away. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Well, um, I actually don't really want to talk about work too much because I would like to talk to you about what happened last night because it's a lot more exciting and interesting. So basically, uh, lying in bed, I live on a farm. We know this. And I was like, oh, I better get something out of the closet. So I just, you know, meander over to the closet in the hallway, turn on the light, open the closet. There is a giant brown tree snake curled up in the bottom of my closet in oh, my house. Wow. Oh. I thought you were going to say, I thought you were going to say ghost or something. I was waiting for like the paranormal to come oh. out. <laughs> Suspecting oh a, yeah. Well, that's like, true. Sort of Actually, we, we could yeah. talk about the, the, um, the orb in a second as yeah. well. Uh, but yeah, so there was this giant snake in there and I just went, uh, and I told my partner and I said, there's a snake in the closet. Neither of us are snake people. How did it so it was 10 PM. Yeah, it was 10 p.m. and we're like, okay. And I tried to call a snake catcher, and of course, no one's picking up their phone at 10 p.m. You know, they've got they're sleeping. Better things to do. So, um, 
Yeah. So then um, he went and he saw it and then he went and he's like, okay, we have to get a broom, like to try to kind of push it out of the door, you know, like get it out and then move it out of the house sort of thing. Our, our, our house is sort of one level. And um, anyway, and then it disappeared in the thing. So he's like trying to unpack the closet. I've got, uh, you know, blankets and everything folded in there. And it's all pretty like lots of Heidi places and a box of my, um, some of my like craft things and stuff like that. So he's trying to kind of offload all this stuff out of the closet without interfering with the snake. And then he saw it there and then it was on a shelf and he wasn't able to get it out, you know, cause if you're not a snake person like me, I, Oh my God, you don't want to touch it or anything. And um, anyway, there ends, he remembered that there is, there are these like, um, you know, those garbage pickers that you can get, you've kind of hit, they're almost like, like a claw type thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's, there was a set of them that was hanging on the fence here that was came with the house. So he goes, Oh, now I realize what this is for. <laughs> like, Oh my God. So he went and got it and he ended up picking up the snake and getting it out of the house. And it was just, it gave me the whole heebie jeebies, you know, kind of thing. And mm. it's just funny because I know that you got to be careful of George on, too. Remember you had a puppy. Yeah, exactly. Of George. So I kept George on the bed because the bed is too high for him to jump off. And then for a few times as well, locked him in the bathroom, but he was not happy. He didn't understand why he was missing the party and what was happening. <laughs> so, so, you know, you've got George crying and whining and then we're trying to, you know, deal with this snake and stuff like that. And it's just funny because moving over to Australia about eight years ago, you know, I really have acclimatized a lot. I remember the first time we moved into our first house. Uh, there was a dead huntsman in there. I'd never seen anything like that. And oh, then every time I saw a cockroach, I would cry and had a total mental breakdown. Wow. And now it's like, I'm okay. You know, huntsmen's when I see a huntsman, I'm thankful because I know mm. they're eating the cockroach babies. So I just go, you know, you're welcome here. I just leave them. Um, prior to this house, before I got comfortable with them, just living with me, I, you know, would put a container over them and just move them out of the house. And that was a huge transition that took a lot of time because before that I didn't have that same reaction. You know, my initial reaction was kill them, get them out. Right. Awful. Mm -hmm. But that's just what, you know, I, I knew to do. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So I'm definitely not at the snake part yet, Michelle, where I can, I'm not sure I'll ever get there. Mm -hmm. And the other thing I wanted to say as well is because I like sharing life on the farm stories with you, because I also feel as though, <laughs> you know, I'm learning a lot of stuff as we go, but we were in the shed the other night grabbing something and we saw this, it looked like the size of a house cat, no word of a lie, walking along the ledge. And we thought it was a um, possum. And then Gav looked at it and he goes, that is not a possum. That's a rat. It was just, ugh, just the size of a house cat. I've never seen anything like it in my life. Yeah. They're not out. dirty. They're not dirty, like living in the sewers rats. They're wild rats that live out in the open and, and sort of, you know, catch things and eat them and stuff like that. So it's not like a, you know, they're not dirty. They're not living right. in the sewers. Yeah. 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 I guess it's, it's kind natural. of like, okay. Yes. Mm. Okay. Yes. It is quite natural. And it's I used true. to, well, I used to have I, pet rats as well and they're beautiful. They're really, really clean. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Okay. That's, I didn't know that about you. That's wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. So yeah, I guess the thing is that, you know, um, it just takes acclimatizing and mm, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I definitely, 
Yeah, I love sharing these stories with my family at home. And then the other thing I will say, just because I know we've got a guest coming in here in a few minutes, is just that uh, I took a video and of my property and there was this awesome green orb that flew across it, which you think was just the sun, but it was other people sun. think was something else. Well, other people will, but it was definitely the sun. Because whenever you have, if you take a photo of the sun, you'll always get a green orb. Um, you can go any time of the day or night. And I don't want to discount your orb because it was fabulous, but... Um, if you take the photo of the sun, if the sun's shining, you will always get a green orb, always. And that's because of the mobile, the way the mobile phone, um, the little lens, it reflects it. Um, and it will always I've be never green. seen a green orb in my photos though. when I've taken photos of the sun. Yeah. It's got to be on the right angle. So you have to have it on the right angle. But if you have a look online, you'll oh. see a lot of people who are posting like similar photos and they think it's an orb, but it's always green. Um, the sun always makes it green. Mm. I don't know why. Yeah. Anyway, Michelle, that's what you do. You sent me straight girl. Yeah, look, I'm, you know. I texted Michelle and I'm like, look at this green orb. I was so excited and she didn't even Did you see that one on Instagram? The one I posted there? That's from the the in the corner there. Yeah. Yeah. That was a reflection from the sun. Okay. So it looks a bit weird. Like it looks like a UFO type thing. But if you look at the original photo, so I panned um, out a little bit and I'll show you what it looked like. She was showing like me a photo of the sky, by the way, with some clouds. So you can see that green orb there. Oh, yeah. That's from oh, the sun. Oh, yeah. And there's a green orb in it. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. It does look I just panned similar. out a little bit. Yeah. Okay. That's, and the sun was yeah. just. Well, anyway, you know, you're good friends there. with someone when she didn't hesitate at all. She just messaged me and said, that's not, that's not anything special. No, I gave you a slap down. I gave you a slap down. <laughs> I was so, like, um, oh. She goes, no, that's just a sun. This is what it's supposed to look like. Sent me a photo of someone else's. Yeah, it was a pretty good orb, that okay. one, too. <laughs> what are you telling me what you, what are you, me what you really think, Michelle? <laughs> no, you have to try harder to impress me. You must try harder. <laughs> okay. I didn't get up yesterday. Uh, anyway, we've only got a couple of minutes. Did you have anything else you wanted to talk about no, about your week? I don't. I don't. What's happening with you, my sister? Um, yeah, much the same. I mean, I'm still really busy. Um, got a lot going on, doing a lot of mentorship. And uh, I have had, I will tell the listener at home, Lauren's got another podcast called The Afterlight. And I've actually read for three people now because I've read for a husband and wife, but three people who listened to me on The Afterlight podcast, which Lauren um, recorded. Mm. And they decided from that that they wanted to have readings with me. So they must have listened fairly recently, I guess. Um, but yeah, they both booked in two people booked in and then one of them recommended his wife and that lady's now recommended her sister to me so it's just this kind of ongoing again that referral thing so I'm just really grateful I'm really grateful uh, for yeah the recommendation of the people be able to sort of hear me on that um on that podcast yeah so if you haven't tuned into mm-hmm. the afterlight I just wanted to um yeah let the listener at home oh, know it was great value and yeah definitely mm-hmm. check it out um Lauren's had a lot of um yeah. success um in that area so yeah I'm yeah. just really grateful for that this week yeah, it's great. You really do build your authority too on shows like that, you know, mm. getting to talk to you, you know, you, sh- you talk about your story and you give tips and tricks and it's really cool because you, mm. you get to really profile your expertise. And I think that's a big part about when you can get a media or, or, you know, when you can get interviewed and stuff like that, that you do have those extra opportunities to show that you know what you're doing, what you're, you know, you know what you're talking about. So Correct. I thought you did. I, I love my interviews with you. Um, I've had quite a few people compliment me on, on those interviews with you. Oh, so, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, it's definitely working. 
Um, and it was two, yeah. like two within like, and they don't know each other. It was like two within like, you know, two week period. It was really strange. Um, cause I've never so had anyone good. say that to me before, but potentially other people are coming from that and not telling me, do you know what I mean? Maybe that true. day just chose to yeah tell me where they came from. Tell you that's true. Yeah. So. Do you not ask people where they're coming from? Yeah. Oh, look, I do when I think about it, but I mean, I read, you know, I'm doing eight, nine readings a day you know, to be able to sit yeah. there and, you know, and especially when it's like that close, cause I don't leave any space. So when it's that back to back to back, I don't always have time for the niceties. It's more like, Hey, nice to see you. Nice to meet you. Um, and I also have a lot of repeat people come back. You know, a lot of those people are sort of people mm. I already know as well. Um, yeah. but if there are newbies, I will, you know, try to think about it, but, um, yeah, I'm just flat strapped. Yeah. So sometimes I'm just sort of bang, bang, it's just bang. good for marketing too, though. Cause then you'll know what to spend more effort in. Yeah. Oh, mostly it's referrals. Yeah. Pretty much it's referrals. And I can tell because if I've done a Facebook live, generally speaking, I'll have a bunch of people book straight after the Facebook live. And I know that come from there. So I make a little note. Um, yep. They're Facebook Mm. live people, but, um, sometimes those Facebook live people book during the week as well, but I still remember the names because most of them are like regulars. They pop up a lot. Um, and if it's someone I completely don't know, have never heard of, it's come from an email or something different. Um, generally that's a recommendation or referral, um, as well. All right, well, uh, Lauren, we might um, introduce Tula. Dr. Tula Gordillo is a clinical psychologist and Jungian psychotherapist. She's also a former teacher, guidance officer and acting head of student services in schools. She holds a master's in clinical psychology and a doctor of creative arts, specializing in creative writing. As part of her doctoral research degree, she wrote a young adult Jungian fantasy fiction novel to help young people cope with grief and loss, anxiety, depression, alcohol and recreational drug use. Her doctoral novel entitled Shadows of Silverheim is due to be published by Feathered Night Books in October. She's now in the process of writing a personal autobiography and some case studies about her journey towards Jungian psychology that is combining psychology and spirituality for young people. And the research she used in her creative arts doctoral degree is what she calls Jungian action research. That's how she's tried to help with youth health and healing in light of Jung's archetypes. The Magic of Yule is due for release around the same time. So, Lauren, we might uh, welcome Tula into the show. So, Tula Godillo, thank you so much for being here with Lauren and I. I really appreciate you having a chat to us. Yeah, you're welcome. So yeah. nice to have you. It's good to be here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, Tula, you're based on the beautiful Sunshine Coast in Queensland. I we have listeners, you know, in different parts of the country in the world. Um, so, Sunshine yes. Coast in Queensland. Very lucky. Um, yes. Yep. There's a lot to unpack here with what you do and what we're going to be talking about today. It, it can be quite involved, but, you know, generally we just wanted to have a little look around, I guess, what you are doing at the moment. And um, yep. if you could sort of briefly explain, I guess, a day, because at the moment you're still working sort of uh, mainstream, but what does a day in your life sort of look like um, in terms of what you're sort of doing at the moment? Um, okay. So I wake up about four o'clock in the morning, oh, usually. Lord. Um, yeah, and I start writing. So writing is my passion. It's my uh, therapy. It's my uh, way to come back into myself, basically. So I do some writing. So at the moment, I'm doing my autobiography, uh, which includes some case studies of some of the work that I've done with young people. Um, so I'll do the writing, uh, then get ready for work. And then I work in two medical centres. Um, as a clinical psychologist. Um, So I work with every mental health issue that there is, basically. So whatever the doctors refer, um, I get referrals from doctors, I get referrals from private organisations. 
So I work with every um, disorder um, and I have done now uh, teaching and counselling for about 27 years, so a long time. Um, but at the same time, I've been doing writing and uh, researching, particularly the last 10 years, I've been doing a lot of research into combining uh, psychology and creativity. Um, once I enrolled in a Doctor of Creative Arts, all of a sudden my world started opening up um, and I did a lot more research into Jungian psychology and I became a Jungian psychotherapist as I was doing my research for my doctoral degree and then I started looking at how to combine psychology and spirituality and, and just finding how... Uh, more effective it was, I guess. Yeah, brilliant. And that's kind of the theme of today's show for Laura and I, is yeah. how we're sort of yes. yeah, combining the two. Yeah. Yeah. So Lauren, do yeah. you want to have yeah. a yep. Yeah. So in a few minutes we are going to find out a little bit more about what uh union principles are and what that's founded yeah. on. But before we get to that, I we are interested in finding out a little bit more about sort of what sparked your spiritual journey and when did you realize that you wanted to make a shift. I don't know whether or not you're going mm -hmm. to be combining both principles. So it's probably mm -hmm. pretty hard to leave something that you've been doing for so long. You mentioned 27 yep. years. So mm -hmm. are you going mm -hmm. to make a shift out of that? Or are you going to look at a way of combining kind of your new beliefs with, you know, your old systems? Uh, that's a good question. I am um, the future, as I said, is to try and continue my journey, but also help other people perhaps in my field uh, to understand the importance of the physical, mental, emotional and spiritual or philosophical um, combining those areas for a more holistic type of a psychology for young people especially. So it's a challenge when you have a, an established system to try and work within that system but also work being true to yourself as well. And so that's been a bit of a challenge for me, trying to sort of combine both and still work within the medical model. But I've managed to do it and I get great feedback. I'm booked up weeks in advance. I have waiting lists in both medical centres. I get referrals, a lot of word of mouth. So it's clearly working for people. Um, so I've got a lot of evidence to support my method. And that's what I need in the psychology profession to be able to say to people, this is actually effective. Yeah. That would take, uh, just on that point, Tula, that would take, I guess, some time to build up the, you know, the evidence and stuff like that. And I guess that's what sure. this is all about. Yeah. Is being patient. Being patient. Yeah. yeah. But, but I have done the research. So I actually started off doing a PhD in psychology originally um, and looking at how we can improve resilience in young people. Um, and what came out of my PhD psychology research was that young people use stories and images online and offline as a way of coping with their problems. So that was my key theme. So from there, I then went into a Doctor of Creative Arts and explored how to deliver that mess those messages, those mental health messages through stories and images. And so I created my own therapy from there. So it's all grounded in research. Yeah. So with that, and, and I love the stories and images, and I think um, a lot of people can relate to that, you know, definitely yeah. it's, um, can be very uh, calming or take you back to a better place and that sort of thing. Yes. But what yes. would you say is yeah. the biggest challenge, you know, that you feel like young people are sort of facing? Is there like a common theme that people are sort of coming in with that they're really struggling with? Yeah. yeah. Over the years, I have seen changes 
in society and it's sort of a reflection of what's happening with the youth or what what they present with. So I'm seeing more and more recreational drug use. So I incorporated that theme into my doctoral novel. So that's called Shadows of Silverheim um, and that's due to be published in October by Feather Night Books. And so I've incorporated a lot of the themes that I see every day. So anxiety, depression, obviously, how to cope with that. That's sort of the main, what I work with every day. But eating disorders, grief and loss issues, yeah, there's a lot. You know what, I love that you were talking about using images uh, because one of the things that I've noticed and, you know, interviewing quite a few people is that not everyone can use words to articulate how they feel. So what you're talking about is using imagery and almost giving people like a safe space to be able to tell you their story without having to, to speak that out loud. I am curious to know whether or not you know, people have been receiving, you know, your colleagues, your friends and your family have been receiving this sort of transition, this maybe new you, this new energy that's coming into you with open arms or some of them a little bit skeptical. I know you talked about getting results, so clearly it's working, but how has that transition sort of affected those around you? Um, I think I've always had a, a slight spiritual bent um, but I didn't really explore it in a lot of detail. Um, my father's actually very spiritual, but my mother has tried but hasn't really been as much. So I've sort of, I suppose, since I got into the Doctor of Creative Arts and I was all of a sudden free to explore all of the areas I was interested in, my family's seen this evolution. So I think they've had to sort of go along with it because they've seen that this is where I'm at and they can't. They can't change it. They can't make it any different. But I think, I hope they're seeing a more holistic person and sort of appreciating the value of that as well as the work that I do. Yeah. Mm. So, um, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a journey, certainly. That's excellent. But it's good. Now, Tula, I just wanted to ask a little bit more about Jung because, um, you know, I studied a bit of Jung at, uh, at university philosophy, um, but a lot of people may not have been aware of, and I think you sort of touched on it before, but the archetypes is, is sort of a big part of what we're talking about here. Yeah. And that's what you're incorporating into your work and also into the books and, and that sort of thing. So mm-hmm. is there anything you can talk around, I guess, that, you know, the archetypes and why, you know, you're incorporating that into what you're doing and why you feel that like they're so important? So for those who don't know, um, Jung was a Swiss psychiatrist and psychoanalyst and um, he was very influential in our modern day. And he had a number of different themes that he sort of spoke about. And one of the themes that he talked about were these things called archetypes, which are patterns or forms. So it actually originated with Plato um, and then sort of um, Jung sort of expanded on it. So archetypal patterns or forms are the symbols that we use in our everyday life, which we may not recognise. But, for example, you might say mother is an archetype because there's many different types of mothers. So there's stepmother, there's earth mother, there's many different types of mothers. So that's an archetype. So it's a pattern or a form. So when I'm working with a young person, let's say I've got a young person who has very vivid dreams, uh, they're going through a trauma in their life, then I will analyse the symbols or the archetypal patterns as part of their dream analysis to try and identify what could be the root cause of a mental health issue. So, for example, if someone was struggling with anxiety, we would look at the archetypal patterns in the dream 
to try and sort of pinpoint where that anxiety might be coming from. Wow. So that's how, yeah, so that's how I incorporate it in therapy. Wow. So it's my own therapy that I've created, as I say, as part of the doctorate, and, and it is grounded in research, but then I've sort of expanded into using art therapy. So I'll do mandalas with young people. I'll get them to draw a mandala and they will have a particular question in their mind that they want to have answered. Um, so, for example, they might say to me, uh, how do I help myself out of this depression? So then they'll draw a mandala and we'll look at the symbols and the images in that mandala uh, to try and identify what's going on in their unconscious, which could then be resulting in a mental health issue. Wow. So it's combining psychology and spirituality together to have a more holistic therapy, and that's why I've had to end up creating my own therapy because I couldn't find anything for youth particularly that would incorporate all of the elements. Mm. And um, you're also, I think, using the cards. Have you started using the, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I use, uh, well, this is where the story image therapy mm. um, that I have created, it's, it's based around stories. So I use ancient stories um, and I would use imagery, so creative imagery. So part of the images might be using some archetypal cards. Uh, sometimes I'll use life purpose cards, something like that, to try and identify what's going on in the unconscious. So I don't actually tell a young person, this is what you must believe or this is what you must do to overcome your anxiety. So it's different from regular therapy. The regular therapy would say, these are the strategies, these are the things that you must do to overcome your mental health issues. Rather than me telling young people what they have to do, I would rather that I guide them to how they can get the answers for themselves because effectively we are our own therapist. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, it's yeah. really empowering. So, really empowering. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I do it through the stories and images. Yeah. 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 Mm. That's so cool. So do you sort of do you meditate? Do you try to connect with your higher self and maybe the higher self of your client before you get into a session? Or do you get into your session, you know, in in the normal way you did? You know, somebody comes into the room, you introduce yourself, or if you know them already, you just sort of get into the session or do you have like yeah. any sort of spiritual practices or rituals that you're now bringing in and incorporating? Well, I have crystals in my room. I have a Tesla's healing plate underneath my client's chair. I explain to people at the beginning of the session, I'll usually ask them if they've had counselling before. Um, if they have, I'll say, okay, this might be quite different from what you're used to. I'll explain to people that I used to be a teacher. Um, and so I know how people learn. And so if I'm trying to help a young person to learn more about themselves uh, or learn more about their mental health issue or whatever, then I would use a lot of stories and images. And I have many different tools that I use, but I use lots of images. And one of them I call the bed of life and it's got four bed posts. And it, it basically has that physical, mental, emotional and spiritual or philosophical for each bed corner. And so I'll explain to them that my therapy is very holistic they will be doing a lot of learning. So I set them up first. So I guess through me setting them up as to what to expect from the therapy, I'm letting them know that we're going to be exploring these issues, these areas, but I'm also getting their permission, I suppose, to tap into the higher self or their unconscious. So they're aware of why we're doing what we're doing. I'll often ask them if they know about who Carl Jung is and I'll say to them, uh, I've got two hats. So one is a clinical psychologist and I do all the clinical stuff 
which is your diagnosis, your medication, whatever it is. I can do that. I'm very comfortable and confident in that area. But my passion is the Jungian psychology. Um, and then I'll explain to them what that is. And um, we set, yeah, we set the scene for uh, they're going to be doing a lot of learning and a lot of exploring. So they expect it. <laughs> so with your background in teaching, um, as we sort of yes. wrap up uh, shortly, is that something that, you know, do you think that so the Jung teachings and, you know, some of the amazing, you know, philosophers and, and other sort of people like that, whether we should be incorporating yeah. that into like, I don't know, the school system, like getting it in there a little bit younger and teaching them about the archetypes and all that sort of stuff because it just feels like it's pretty... You know. It's very important. Yeah, it's very important. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. Um, there's a fellow by the name of Dr. Clifford Mays, and he is an educator. Um, he's also very much in favour of Jungian psychology and understands the value of it. And so he has written books in relation to teaching about the hero's journey and the archetypes into schools. And so I did a lot of research into Clifford Mays and also looked at um, fantastic realism as a genre. And so I actually did, when I completed my doctoral novel, I actually worked in schools and got feedback from young people about how I could improve my novel and they loved it. So this was actually part of a story writing unit that we did. So we worked with the um, high achieving year eights and incorporated it into the, the school while they were learning about story writing, they were also learning about mental health and archetypes. And Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it worked beautifully. Yep. So yeah, it could be the way good. of the future. We could be seeing that shift. Yeah. I think we need to. It's not just because I would like to get my book into schools. It's not about that. It's about saying we have rising youth mental health issues in this country. The rate of youth suicide has doubled in the last 10 years. So we have massive, massive problems with our youth and mental health. So what I would say is we, what we're doing is not effective enough and we need to try other methods. And I'm uh, passionate about saying for the future, we need to go psychology, spirituality combined, just like we've done for thousands of years, mm. that you can't separate them and think that it's a holistic sort of method because it's not. No, no, it's not. No. And it's funny, no. like, because I think sometimes you know, when people have their one way of looking at the world, it's very difficult to sort of get in there with the new idea. I love that you yeah. kind of had that opportunity where you went, oh, wait a minute. You know, there's yeah, this whole other something. side of things. Yeah. Yes. So I guess yeah. within that, I'm wondering, you know, what have been some of your biggest lessons with, with this transition? And would you say that, you know, continuing to explore and continuing to learn is also a big part of the work that you've been doing. Yes, absolutely. I call it Jungian action research because it is very much based around um, you, you try something and you see if that's effective, you get feedback back from the person. If they say, yes, this has been helpful, then you continue to work with that. You refine your method so I've been refining my therapy over the last 10 years, but I will continue to do so and explore how we can combine uh, to a more holistic uh, sort of psychology for youth. So I will continue the Jungian action, action research. So it's, it is action research, but it's using a Jungian base. Um, yeah, and it's, 
it's a very exciting journey. Yeah. Um, it's certainly not where I thought I would be 10 years ago when I started a PhD. I just wanted to improve resilience in young people. And I've been on this whole journey for the last 10 years, to, or particularly the last five, to do something different. But it's been an evolution. It hasn't been, I, I didn't intend to do this. It just, it's, it's happened organically, I guess. So it'll continue to go organically, I guess. That's how spirit works, girl. If you're oh, open it to it and you're like, oh, Absolutely. I'm then you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, well, here you go. You're quite right. I'm, I'm seeing a lot more light workers in the work that I do now. Yeah. Uh, I've got kids that astral travel. I've got kids that see spirits. I'm seeing a lot of young people that are feeling more confident and more comfortable to talk to me about those things. And so I think they're gravitating towards me unconsciously. It's, it's happening more and more and more. So these days I just look at everything and I just go, oh, that's interesting. It's so, so. good, isn't it? Because there's a lot of people who grew up in our era, Lauren and my era, I'm older than Lauren, but, um, you know, in our era where, you know, you didn't she get the advice. She's a lot older than me. She also. likes to point that out at me so often. <laughs> a lot um, that's, I, was, I was walking into a trap. I knew I was <laughs> shaky. But, you know, when we grew up, no one had any advice for us around this. It was just, you know, I was saying to Lauren mm. off air, you know, there weren't even crystal shops that I remember when I was growing up. Like it was yeah. no woo-woo anywhere and no. you know, people didn't get no. access to help. And then I, I believe right. a lot of those people ended up with, you know, mental health struggles um, yes. from that. So yes. these people are, you know, young light workers finding their way to your office. Thank God, you know, yeah. that they can get yeah. the answers that they need. Yes. Yeah. No, look, it, it is, um, it's, it's, it's wonderful to be part of it. Mm. Um, it's a very interesting journey that I'm on. And I really, in answer to your question before, Lauren, I'm not sure where this is going to go. I just know that I feel a calling that I have to go down this path. And so I'm just following the path, really. Tula, do you have any advice with that journey? Do you have any advice for people who are sort of looking to do something similar? And I realise it's not really a choice. It's something that you kind of fall into, you find yourself in. But, you know, it it is difficult and you know, um, because we spoke about it, to transition out of the mainstream because you've got other people who are just, this is how you do it, this is how you do it. It can be hard, you know, to sort of switch. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I've had a, a fear of my colleagues trying to pull me down, I suppose, in terms of my method, because you can't quantify spirituality. You can't uh, do a test, a survey and say, this is spirituality for that particular individual. It's very unique to that person. So that's been a bit of a fear. My mentor has been Jung, actually, because he combined the medical with the spiritual. And I've sort of, I've looked at his approach and I've thought he didn't try to convert anybody. He didn't try to say, you must do that this way. He just uh, stood in his truth and just did his, he, he did what he felt he needed to do and just shared his story with other people. Mm. And that's what I've sort of had to do myself is to say, okay, stand in the truth, speak from the heart and those that are ready to listen um, and understand my method and see the value in it, they will get it. And those that are very rigid in their way of thinking this is how psychology must be, um, they won't understand and I'm not going to try and convince them because I never will. Yeah. So I'm not even going to try. I just have to share my story. That's all. That's it. And what I've learned. 
I love that quote. It's those who matter don't mind and those who mind don't matter. And, you know, the thing is, and I got goosebumps as I said it, the thing is that as we honor our own truth and our own path and our own direction, you know, the people that are in aligned with us will, will come to us. We will serve them and the other people will fall away and they'll do their own thing. I mean, we can only operate from the level of consciousness that we're at. I mean, I'm pretty Mm. sure that if somebody had talked to you about some of these principles, maybe 20 years ago, you know, you mm-hmm. might have had a different reaction potentially than, yep. than what you yep. have now. So mm-hmm. I love that. Um, so you did mention that you have a book release coming up. Can you tell us a little bit about yeah. that and how people can get a copy of the book? Sure. Um, as part of my doctorate, I wrote a young adult fantasy novel. It was very much Jungian based um, and it's got stoic philosophy in it. It's got um, uh, Shakespearean prose. Um, so it's very much around it could be used in schools. It's called Shadows of Silverheim and it's due to be published in October this year. And then I'm also writing my personal autobiography about my journey over the last 10 years to improve youth resilience. And that book is called The Magic of Jung. And in that book, I've actually interviewed Michelle in terms of what she has learned um, or what's been beneficial for her as a young person sort of going through this spiritual journey as well and how I can incorporate that into into young people and how I can help them. So that's my second book that's coming out. Uh, the Magic of Young should be around the same time, October, November this year. Yeah. Lauren, did you hear young person there? Did you hear that? Yeah, I did. And I, I was thinking to myself, I was looking at we all have different ideas on what a young person looks like. <laughs> Listen, my grandmother died at 108. Oh, so, my you know, God. So, so we're yeah. just young. We're just spring wow. chickens compared to that. Wow. Yeah. Now, Tara, I do want to mention, as we mentioned the book there, um, Lauren, <laughs> Lauren's knows what I'm going to say. <laughs> I showed Lauren the book yes. cover and um, it's, okay. it's amazing. Oh. It's in our show uh, notes. Thank you. Yes, yeah, thank you. She looked at it and she said, "Oh, is it a romance novel?" Oh, and I went, uh, the there is a little the red romance. eye makes you think of romance. Romance, that's interesting. I'm very. Uh, you would, you would have a field day with that. I know. I was thinking that. that. <laughs> I think to look at do like a little analysis on. Um, yeah, yeah no, interesting. That's so funny. You know why though? It's because I actually love fantasy books, and yeah, yeah. Um, I think you know a lot of the fantasy books I have I read have you know these mm-hmm. really fantastic storylines and a lot of them like there's i don't know why i thought romance it didn't look romantic it just yeah to me, i don't know it just looked like a book i would read i guess i was just trying yeah. to say. yeah well that's good i'm glad you <laughs> would read it that's Michelle. nice that's good oh god <laughs> no it, i think it was the it was the locket wasn't it the love heart and the key uh-huh. maybe the, on the, maybe chain, that's the end of the chain that might have been and it. that's subliminal that's, that's a subliminal there thing you go. Yeah. yeah yeah, yeah. This is There's brilliant. a lot of things happen unconsciously. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Yeah. Mm. Wow, that's so, um, interesting. I'm glad I brought it up. Yeah, there you go. Mm, so I'm actually not. like really brilliant and I took yeah. it all yeah, in, by the way. Yeah, you just didn't even know. That's there it. you go. Yeah, yeah. Well yeah. done. And that totally ruined my joke. Uh, okay, so Tula. <laughs> Tula. Yes, yes, um, yes. Is there anything else that you wanted to sort of mention that we haven't mentioned? Um, anything else you'd like to sort of throw in? Um, I suppose just really for anybody that is – uh, maybe struggling, you know, you were asking before, how yeah. does a person sort of navigate this um, journey and or, or sort of, um, yeah, mm-hmm. I guess the, the biggest thing I would say, particularly uh, if you are talking with young people, 
is, like you say, just stand in your truth. Just, just you know, Shakespeare's quote, to thine own self be true. Mm. I think as we learn more about ourselves, we start to, to care less about other people's opinions or views or whatever. So, you know, exploring the unconscious uh, is vital. It's absolutely vital to learning about ourselves. And um, if I could encourage anybody to just go down that path, just to explore um, their own unconscious thoughts, patterns, memories, whatever, um, then you don't worry quite so much and you're more true to yourself. Yeah, that is absolutely brilliant. I love that. So learning about yourself, um, then you hear yeah. less about what others think about you. Gosh, yes, that's really good. Yeah. That's really yeah, that's good. beautiful because mm. you get more confident in who you are. And I think a lot of that yes. goes down to honestly, self love. I mean, mm. I'm sure yeah. we can all relate with the self love journey. I mean, I know when I was a teenager in my early 20s, that was a really hard journey to go on. But yeah. it's so important yeah. that when we understand ourselves, we probably have more compassion and empathy for ourselves as well, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So as you start to learn a bit more about the archetypes, for example, you can start to see archetypal patterns and themes in your own life and then how that relates to your situation and the experiences that you've had. Um, Jung calls that individuation. So we become an individual within ourselves when we make the unconscious conscious. Yeah. So he actually said when we make the unconscious conscious, um, that's when we individuate. That's when we actually come into ourselves. Yeah. So it's a vital process. Oh, yeah. so good because the unconscious, you know, that's what, as you say, comes up in the dreams and, you know, all of that sort of stuff. And that's right. That's right. Out, what on earth does that mean? You know, that's what yeah. you're doing. So that's uh, just yeah. powerful. It sounds like we operate yeah. more from a place of intention. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. That's right. That's yeah, exactly. Instead of it reacting. We can, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Jung, Jung said if we don't make the unconscious conscious, it will rule our lives and we will call it fate. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. He was very profound. His knowledge was very profound. Yeah. Wow. So mm. incredible. Tula, um, mm. we've just loved that. That has been, I think Lauren and I probably have about 30 different um, episodes out of that um, sure. in good. terms of the different sort of concepts and the things that you've spoken around. So that's just been mm. so beneficial. Yeah, so good. And especially good, what we good. do, you know, we mix the uh, the woo-woo and the business in our, yeah. our podcast. So it's sort of packing <laughs> yeah. it all together for us. And um, I'm just so grateful, you know, for all yeah, of that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity to share it. Yeah. So good. how can people find out more from you? And if they'd like to keep in touch, what's the best way? Sure. Um, I have a website. So um, it's www.tulagordillo.com. Um, so if they're happy to, to go on the website, they can send me a message um, through that avenue. So that's fine if they're happy to do that. Otherwise, I do work in two medical centres. Coming to see me can be a bit tricky, finding an appointment time. I do bulk bill everybody too, so that's sort of part of it, I guess. But that's because I choose to, you know. Got to give back. Absolutely. <laughs> and the spelling T-O-U-L-A. yeah. And G-O-R-D-I-L-L-O. yeah. So it's actually Dr. Tula Gordillo, but it's not on the website. Great. Thank you so much. Good. Yeah, you're welcome. All good. Really appreciate Thank you for the opportunity, hey? Wonderful. Thank you, Tula. Nice to meet you. All righty. Okay, Nice to meet you and all the best. Lauren, we're still laughing about the Lauren's incredible uh, wit and uh, intellect with her <laughs> yes. thinking that Tula's, uh, Shadows Continue. of Silverheim was a romantic novel. Um, we're just, we're cracking up here. Uh, so we just had a chat to Tula and um, Dr. Tula Gordillo, I should say, doctor. Um, and she is just fabulous. And I, I tell you what, um, that was, uh, that was epic. 
uh, that was epic for me. Yeah, there was, was uh, you know, so much in there. And I feel like there's a lot of uh, uh, what I really liked. And I just want to say this, Lauren, um, before you sort of uh, mention what you sort of really enjoyed about that. But the bit that I really loved uh, with that was a stand in your truth, because I think that's something mm. that we talk a bit about and talk around stand in your truth. And also, you know, learn about yourself because then you care less about what others think about you you know, and there's something in that, that I just kind of get, you know, just, it makes sense. Um, and that was my biggest takeaway, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I love that, but it makes sense too, doesn't it? Because as you become more secure in yourself, you don't need to please others. I mean, very often, I think that we kind of are grown up thinking that, you know, what we desire, what's going to complete us is outside of ourselves, whether that's through things or people or, or circumstances changing or finances or whatever. And so when we become more secure within ourselves, we realize that, wait a minute, I actually have everything I need right here. That's it. Regardless of where I am. Um, one thing that came to me as well in that conversation was when she was talking there at the end about, you know, really connecting with, um, with ourselves. One thing that I learned from Sonia Choquette, I did a um, online course with her self-guided, but anyway, and uh, one of the things that she mentioned that she does is she makes a conscious effort every day to tell her subconscious to only be run and be governed by her higher self. And I thought that was just so interesting that she goes, all right, you know, subconscious only listen to the higher self. And very often she'll start her day by saying, you know, I want my higher self to take over from me today. And she used the example one time where she was having an argument with her husband and she was all ready to say, you know, I want to divorce you. You know, she's just having this dramatic argument and she ended up saying, and um, I love you for it or something like that. And she went, what? And it was as though her higher self had stepped in and spoken up for her instead of, you know, her ego or her lower self, you could say, I guess ego is, is probably the right term. So, you know, when Tula was talking there, I was just thinking about how lovely that is when, you know, we are getting to know ourselves, we are committing to ourselves in our own truth. And I just thought that was a, a helpful tip to kind of say, Hey, higher self, can you please run the show for me? <laughs> can you put her in the yeah. show notes? She sounds fabulous. Yeah. Oh, she's amazing. I will do that. Yeah. That's a great she's fantastic. Now, uh, the spirits up, I mean, I feel like we were sort of getting into that anyway, but um, we do have a little segment here, the spirits up um, at the end of the show. And this is brought to you by uh, your business, Lauren, this week. Yeah. So it's actually brought to you by the Afterlight Podcast. And Michelle gave a beautiful introduction to that at the top of this show. So thank you for that, Michelle. But if you are interested in learning more about spirituality, uh, different modes of spirituality, everything from A Course in Miracles to the paranormal, to house clearings, to yes, you really are psychic, to tips and trips tips and tricks uh if you are an empath or how to grow in your intuition we cover all those things in that show there's full-length episodes and there's a ton of mini episodes with guided meditations and, and lots of values so head to the afterlight.com no sorry don't head to the afterlightpodcast.com mm-hmm. if you'd like to mo- know more or you can just find the afterlight on social or wherever you get your podcasts love that um, one thing I did want, just want to say here, and, and you may have something to add as well, is I feel like pay it forward is a really great way to, um, you know, finish this episode, pay it forward. Because I think from me transitioning from being a journalist of 21 years to doing card readings and mentorship and everything else that I do, mediumship and that sort of thing, it's been quite a shock to the system. 
but I had a mentor, Lynn, who was incredible. And she's the one that sort of, I guess, was a bit of a trailblazer for me. So I feel like it's really great to find a mentor, someone that you can look up to, someone that you admire. And if they're doing whatever you're wanting to do, wonderful, because they're kind of walking the path. And so I used Lynn as my guide in a way, because she was really struggling to break out of mainstream. She was a paramedic and that sort of thing breaking out of there into her woo-woo business and, you know, she did it. And I was like, wow, that took so much courage. And I know how terrifying it was because she used to talk about it regularly. So I used her as my, you know, guide um, and, you know, and definitely, you know, she was sort of paying it forward um, through me. And then now I want to do that for others. So I feel like I have a lot of people who are coming into me who are starting their own businesses and I'm sort of guiding them through it and through probably mentorship more so, but also I guess through my readings, you know, a lot of people have career and business readings with me as well and they're looking to do the transition, make the move. And so yeah. I feel like I'm sort of paying it forward. Now I had someone who inspired me and mentored me through the journey and now I'm doing that for others. And I'm, I'm really noticing it a lot because I've got a lot of clients now who are starting their own businesses. They're asking me about business names and, you know, all that stuff. And, and even the Reiki people, the Reiki people are coming through and they're going out and starting their own businesses, healing businesses mm. and stuff like that. Um, or a combination of both, readings and healings. Um, I've had people do both. So, you know, it's, it's just amazing. So I feel like, you know, if you can mentor someone, if you can lift someone up, and get them out of, you know, if it is mainstream into, um, you know, more spiritual or whatever it is, whatever your transition is, um, then, you know, be that for someone else, be that guiding light. Um, that's why I guess I call myself a light worker. Um, but yeah, that would be my recommendation or inspiration this week. Lauren, do you have anything else to add to that? Yeah, it's funny because a couple of weeks ago, I actually put on um, one of my Instagram reels, pretty much a similar concept. So it was, you know, very often if we want to receive something in our lives, it's actually really a good idea to give that first and then get ready to receive. So for example, if you want to attract money, donate some money to someone else in need. If you want to <clears throat> attract more compliments or be validated at work, validate other people, give somebody else a compliment. You know, if you want to attract anything in your life, think about how you can give that out first. And I find that it will come back to you. It's kind of like a boomerang. So, you know, sort of like Michelle's talking about paying it forward with mentorship, you know, if there's something that you are lacking or you want help with in your life, see whether or not you can give that out and watch as it comes back to you. Yes, yeah, yeah, so that's my part. Love it. You know, I was just thinking, Lauren, right. I was just looking back through our notes and I was just thinking maybe we should have asked um, Tula about the snake because <laughs> a lot of people dream about that in their dreams. Oh, yeah. The snake as, a, yeah. as an icon. Um, so it would be an interesting, yeah. Um, yeah, to ask her about that. It wasn't a dream, it was reality, but you know what I mean? A lot of people, reality. I've had two people this week um, who dreamt about snakes and they both messaged me and said, what does it mean? One person wow. dreamt about kind of a regular looking snake. The other one, it was a black snake. Um, so, you know, does that mean something? Is that different? You know, so I think that would have been interesting, but I didn't even um, think about that. It'd be interesting to talk about more the dream aspect of that. Cause that's what she does is analyzing the dreams and yeah. the codes and the symbols and things, the subconscious. So you might have to have Tula on the show again, um, or you may end up having a, you know, on your, um, more spiritual podcast as well. Mm. Uh, but that's been um, my friend actually. Oh, sorry to cut you off, but my yeah. friend actually sent me this when I sent her that I was like, there's a snake in my closet right now. Oh. she wrote me this and she um it's a screenshot and it says meeting up with a snake is another sign of good fortune whether in your garden inside the home or out trekking if you meet up with a snake it means something or someone important is coming into your life mm -hmm. never ever try to harm or kill a snake when confronted with one 
Yeah, that's true. And it's um, shedding your skin. It's a little bit of a rebirth, the snake, because they shed their skin. Oh, have cool. That external layer of skin. And actually this morning, um, Gav had to go on the roof and he's like, Lauren, look at this. And I went out and he hung off a Big giant skin. snake skin yeah, that is fresh because it was yeah. quite, it was quite, um, uh, it wasn't dried out yet. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, pretty new. <laughs> That's what they do. Um, it's coming into the, yeah, well, it's pretty cold still. I'm surprised actually, but yeah, maybe it is pretty cool. temperature wise up your way. Um, now, Lauren, coming up in the next podcast, we're going to be talking about how to stand out in business. Did you have anything you wanted to sort of add about, um, about that one? Oh, well, um, you know, I really wanted to do an episode that was a little bit more businessy and less uh, woo-woo, I guess, even though I could talk about woo-woo forever. I just wanted to, you know, for our listener at home, if you want a little bit more maybe some business tips and tricks. We're going to be talking a lot about referrals and how to stand out in the market. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're going to be talking a lot about our own experiences as well, working with tradies and dealing with issues in our homes and, you know, kind of maybe people who did, did some things really well and some people who maybe could have improved in that area. So hopefully there'll be some lessons and some value. And for sure, there's going to be some laughs because that's what we're all about here. So Hopefully. that's what we'll be covering off in that episode. Yes. Nice. Nice one. So Lauren, outro. Oh yeah. So this has been the Spirits Up <laughs> Sorry. Business, business Podcast. Yes. And uh, if you liked it, well, thank you very much for listening. Please do continue to listen because all of our episodes are a little bit different. We don't always have guests. It's pretty much mostly you and me just talking. Mm, chatting but, uh, you know, we, we like it like that as well. So if you uh, love the episode, please do share it with your friends and please do leave us a review so we can continue to get into the ears of more people and continue to pay our knowledge forward. And if you didn't like it, Michelle, what should they do? They can go to hell. Joking, joking. Um, <laughs> uh, move to another country. Um, that would be difficult at the moment, wouldn't it? Um, look, I think they could uh, give it another go, Lauren. And, um, you know, maybe, you know, because we do bullet points in our notes and our show notes. So you can go through and maybe there's some talk topics that you're interested in. It may not always be the overriding, overarching theme, you know, that's interesting to you. But we do uh, chat about a lot of other interesting things about our week and how week's been, what we're learning, what our takeaways are. So there might be something in there. You know, unpack it a little more, Lauren. Unpack it a little more. Here we go. Get into it. Love yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Very good. Think great. Great. Talk to you next week. Okay. Bye. Bye.